Welcome. In the spirit of evolution, we're excited to announce that our podcast is now called Women Governance Trailblazers, and we have cool new artwork from Banky Design that showcases our theme. Our new name is a better fit as we continue to serve up great interviews with trailblazing women in the corporate governance field, their passion, struggles, and commitment to improving how companies and boards function. My name is Courtney Camlet, and my co-host is Liz Dunchy. Hi, everyone. Liz and I are both passionate about governance and want to spotlight some of the amazing women who share that passion. Hear what has surprised them over their career and various perspectives from different paths and industries. For this episode, we're talking with Ning Chu, who is partner in Davis Polk's Capital Markets Group and a well-known thought leader in the corporate governance field. Welcome, Ning. Thank you very much, Courtney. I'm happy to have the opportunity to participate. We're so glad you're on the podcast. Yes. Good morning, Ning. We're so happy to be here talking with you this morning. Uh, it's always a pleasure, but it's fun to actually record it this time. Uh, so congrats on your recent promotion at Davis Polk. Could you tell us about your path to becoming a partner in the Capital Markets Group there? I've definitely taken many alternative roads during that path, and that has really helped me develop a much broader view. And it's shaped the way that I give advice. I've been at Davis Polk for a long time, but I also practice in-house at two major companies. And that gives me invaluable perspective and a deep amount of empathy for what in-house corporate counsel face. And I've also taken different roles at Davis Polk, and I've worked on flexible schedules, and I've worked from home back when it wasn't trendy and had the terribly awkward name of telecommuting, which always sounds <laughs> like science fiction. Now that it's caught on and everyone else is doing it, it has a much cooler name of remote work. So I benefit a lot from being encouraged and supported in developing this governance expertise. You were a trailblazer. Exactly. Has there been anything that surprised you as you've progressed in your career? So a couple of things. I've been surprised about this inherent bias that people seem to have that lawyers with long, long years of practice equate to expertise. I mean, in other fields, there tends to be worries that the longer someone goes on, the more obsolete their skills become. But that seems to be the reverse in the legal field. I could have given some of the same advice I give today 10 plus years ago, but now that I can say I've been practicing for over 25 years, that advice is taken more seriously. So that's one benefit of aging. The other thing that I've been kind of surprised by is that some lawyers never get to that place where they get that benefit and feel valued. It's unfortunately a profession that is too easy to drop out of. It can get very discouraging at all levels and in all settings, law firms and corporations, especially as we both know, we all know, during crucial life moments. We all know people who've left the profession because of those challenges. And I've been really disappointed and surprised that it hasn't gotten better. We're still having the same conversations about how to fold this work into a life 25 years later that we had when I started. We're using different terms and catchphrases, but we're having the same conversation. And while there was never, ever going to be an easy solution or one solution for everyone, it seems like we haven't come up with much of any solutions, even with all the attention that the issue gets. So that has been a bit disappointing and surprising. Yeah, um, that is a little disheartening. But I do think that there's such a strong network in our community. And one thing that does 
keep some people hanging on who might otherwise leave is having connections to people who have gone through some of the same struggles and they can see that that person came out on the other side successfully or they have a mentor. And I know, Ning, that you've been really involved with mentoring people and guiding people. And so I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about how you do that and how you mentor the rising stars at the firm and then how you also are always out there on the speaking circuit and connecting with people and serving as a thought leader. Well, first of all, I think that it's crucial to just be brave enough to open your mouth and say something. Um, I think that can be very hard when you're young, and it's very hard to learn um, when that moment might be and how you can insert yourself. But I always tell people that you need to take those moments. You need to find them. You need to watch how other people take control of that moment and how they include themselves in the conversation. And a few other things in terms of working with rising associates. So I explained to them how governance is core to so much that we care about today in society. I think that is so true today. And the role that corporations play in shaping those debates and helping drive positive change, which I hope is something, a momentum that continues. I also emphasize the importance of basic principles for client service, which, of course, is providing excellence in the practice of law. But what that ends up meaning is developing a deep knowledge of the law, but being pragmatic about the execution and implementation in terms of problem solving for clients. Mm-hmm. And it's been really easy to convince junior lawyers of the importance of governance lately. They do a lot of recruiting, and mm-hmm. law students now ask me about ESG all the time, and they actually know something about it. Now, what they know is a little academic, but it's really encouraging to see that they do know something, and they're highly interested. Wow. That's so great. So we have come upon a generation that is not only learning it in law school, but they really care about some of these issues. So there's a lot of mind meld on this. So it's been really pretty straightforward to convince young associates to be interested in these issues. It's really a matter of having them having time to do the work. So as we all know. Yeah, and how do you how do you sort of help mold that pragmatism in the associates as they're going through? You know, I think what happens, and this is a natural progression, I tell them it's natural, and so don't try to force something that doesn't feel right to you. Initially, you're going to be conservative, as you should be, because you don't know anything um, in, in terms of either the client or the practice. So initially, you should be bringing things to the senior's attention just because you're worried about it and uh, not necessarily being conservative with the client so much, but just bringing things to people's attention, reading things very carefully in great detail and have that conservatism about you at first. But then as you start working with the client and they explain their issues to you, you have to think about, well, how, what would, what would it be like if I were in their shoes? How would I solve this problem? How could I gather all this data? How could I, make something happen in a way that is not unduly disruptive and burdensome to my organization. So really kind of the simple, it sounds really easy, but to put yourself in the client's shoes as the person who actually has to deliver the message and who has to make things happen. That's great. And you talked about associates coming in and, and just having more ESG knowledge in general. As the focus on human capital management, which is part of ESG, including diversity and sustainability increases, how are you advising your clients? So it always starts with the client's own culture and their positioning and their own concerns. And I recognize 
you know, and this is part of the pragmatism, that there are limits imposed by time, resources, people, and budgets. Everyone I know would like to do more on all these topics, but the client advice has to recognize that there are real-world constraints, and sometimes we have to separate between what are we trying to solve for right now and what are the goals in the longer term that we can hopefully work on together. It's a matter of keeping clients informed of market trends, developments, investor interests, pitfalls, and applying all of that context and framework to their specific issues. So I try to boil it down to a discussion that starts with a broader scope and then tailor to them with possible alternatives and pros and cons. It's easy to make something simple sound complicated. It is much harder to make something complicated sound simple. And that's really what I aim for when we search for solutions on such big topics as human capital, diversity, sustainability. Yeah, that is so true that it is hard to make something complicated simple. Um, and, and that's a really good practice to have with your clients. And I'm sure it's much appreciated and really helps them feel comfortable with you as well because you take their best interests and their current situation and culture into account. And again, the empathy comes from having been in-house myself. Those are such formative learning experiences, and they were so helpful in sort of being able to put myself in their shoes. I really mean it because I was there. That's hugely valuable. Well, it's encouraging to hear that law students are talking more about ESG, and I agree that corporate governance has kind of become mainstream, which is exciting. But as we're having these conversations, what specifically do you think women in the corporate governance field can add to all of these conversations on the societal role of companies? So we're right now at the intersection in so many ways of being able to provide as women a really crucial perspective, and that's critical to understanding the role that companies play in society. Because part of the corporate role, which all my clients believe in, is to be inclusive and the need to recognize and then mitigate long-established biases and prejudices against any group that hasn't been the dominant group. And that, of course, includes women. It's also an amazing bonus, and this is the networking with respect to young associates that I try to explain to them, too, that there are so many women in the governance field, as you all, you both Mm -hmm. know so well, lawyers at companies, lawyers at law firms, governance advisors and consultants, sustainability experts, PR and IR personnel, groups who promote governance and keep us informed, like you do, Liz, to the many investors who are passionate about governance, especially those on investment stewardship teams. I've learned so much from them, and they've been so open about sharing what they care about, which has been extremely helpful in advising clients as well. So it's truly one of the best parts of being part of this practice. And I, going back to the associates, I try to tell them to also be externally focused you know, internally focused not just means your law firms, but your or your corporations, um, but all but also your clients. But externally focused sort of goes outside that field and into, for example, the governance network. And compared to some other legal fields, on a relative basis, the governance field is much more diverse, and that's reflected in not just what we talk about, but in how we talk to each other. I think that's been a huge benefit that, as you said, Liz, hopefully encourages women to stay in the field in some way and for us to promote the field uh, among each other as well. Yeah. Good advice. It is great advice. And, and, you know, 
networking is huge and that is really helpful, I think. Yes, and this is a field where everybody appreciates why it matters and so are very open to, as a colleague of mine said, to sharing. This is a sharing field. Yeah. Yeah, that is one thing I really appreciate about our field. And and it's good not just for your professional development, but I think for your spirit and happiness as well. At least that's what I've found. That reminds me of, of something I learned when I was younger. Sharing is caring. <laughs> <laughs> so true. All right. Well, thank you, Ning. And thanks for joining us on this episode of Women Governance Trailblazers. Please subscribe on whatever platform you use for podcasts, and we would love it if you would rate us while you're there. Thanks, Ning. Thank you very much for having me today.